Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we are back with our Horror on the Orient Express campaign. And let's get into some introductions to my right. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'm playing James Fraser. And to his right. Hi, I'm Rena, and I'm playing Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy. And at the end of the table. Hi, I'm Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith. To his right. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I'm playing Maggie Bellinger. And last, but most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. Wonderful. We have some traveling to do today. Plans have been laid to head to the estate of uh, the Earl of Northbrook, and we're going to get underway under those pretenses. So as we lift the curtain tonight in a very early morning, early, early-ish morning, we don't awake Lady Elizabeth too early. We'll start with Lady Elizabeth. You get a visitor to your room, a soft knock, and Bennett lets you know that uh, it's time to get ready, Milady. Thank you, Bennett. Always on time. I think I will take the brown traveling suit for today. And I will be needing my walking stick, thank you. Very good. Very good. She begins to kind of quietly yet swiftly, I shouldn't say swiftly, effectively hustle around the room. Bennett is never one for uh, lost movement when she's getting ready, uh, getting you ready for the day. She tends to be very um, careful as to not upset the normal routine of your morning. She knows that sometimes in the morning, uh, it, mornings for you are just a little bit more difficult. So, uh, but she begins to, to buzz about. Mr. Fraser, like clockwork, you stare at your watch and you realize that just by the tick of the clock and the sound that Bennett's shoes make upstairs, you realize that the day is now proceeding. Well, I shall initially uh, make sure I have a suitcase packed for myself with everything that I need for the journey. Um, I'm assuming that we are going to be just there for the day, but uh, just in case it turns into an overnight stay, I'm going to bring bring things for that. I will also speak to Mr. Hughes. I will advise him that we are planning to uh, get the 11.30 train from Paddington to Oxford, uh, and from there we will take the branch line to Northbrook and we will be met by a, a car from uh, the Maplebrook estate uh, that I'll speak to the uh, uh, the head butler at Maplebrook and uh, and I'll arrange that so um, once once I've advised him of, of that situation um, I will make a telephone call to Maplebrook uh, and I will speak to the, uh, the head butler there I will ask him to arrange for uh, one of the chauffeurs to pick us up at the station. I'll also ask for him to arrange that uh, 
a wheelchair be provided in the in the car that's picking us up just in case it's needed and from there I will go and uh, knock on uh, Lady Elizabeth's door and uh, see if she's ready for the date um, after you're attended to for a brief period of time by Bennett uh, you're able to gather yourself and get and get dressed anything you're specifically taking attention to to prepare for I always take a few minutes while Bennett's getting my clothes ready to make some notes in my journal I keep a very precise record of my plan for the day uh, I've done that ever since I was a small child uh, and then uh, once I am dressed and ready to, ready to go I take my journal my notebook uh, with me because I'll be taking those in my bag uh, and I make sure to take a slightly larger bag than usual so that I can fit any uh, book opening implements that I might need to to uh, lift from the estate. Hammer and tongs from the local smith. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fairly straightforward for you to get uh, the larger bag set. And you're getting things just in the final touches. You've made your notes in your journal now and you seem to have collected yourself there's still a sense of the unknown surrounding the book and why it was in your father's care for so long. And then also why a man who was nearly burned to death was desperate to make sure that you had the book in your possession and that it hadn't gotten away. I think I've been kept awake at night thinking about these things. Um, I have trouble sleeping some nights whenever I'm puzzling over a mystery or something that I can't quite figure out. So for the, the last couple nights or so, it's been a little difficulty sleeping, just puzzling things over, trying to think about anything I've missed, and then still waking up at my normal time, but feeling a lot more tired than usual. There's a sound that comes up in the hallway. It's careful, it's measured, which means it has to be Fraser. There's a quiet, gentle tap at the door. Yes? Uh, your ladyship, uh, it's uh, Mr. Fraser here. I'm just wondering uh, if there's anything I can do to assist in your preparations for the journey today. I pick up my bag and I walk over to the door and just open it. Uh, I think I'm about ready, Fraser. Uh, is breakfast laid for me in the sitting room? I believe so, your ladyship, yes. yes. Uh, I'll uh, speak to Mr. Armstrong and I'll arrange for him to take us to the station um, the tickets are purchased and uh, I'll be picking them up when we arrive there uh, is it uh, just Mr. Courtney that's uh, travelling along with us your ladyship? Hopefully I see well uh, I dare say we shall we shall meet him there would you like me to telephone him to just to make sure that uh, uh, we have our uh, our watches in synchronization, as they say? Yes please we know how absent-minded these professorial types can be very well, your ladyship. I'll do that right away. I will head downstairs to, to my sitting room to ha have breakfast and do some light reading. Mm, yeah, just as you'd expected. The staff have made sure that your breakfast is set out just as you expected it. It's a nice way to start the day. A little bit of calm and journaling and then a little bit of um, breakfast to prepare yourself for the journey to see your brother. And I've slipped a couple 
uh, packets of sweets into my bag for the for the children. Mm. You know that they'll appreciate it. Mr. Fraser, you're going to make a call. Yes, um, uh, I will uh, take the uh, the card or the note that I have uh, of the number mm-hmm. for uh, for Mr. Courtney, um, and I will telephone the operator or I'll lift up the receiver and speak to the operator and uh, ask uh, ask them to put me through. They put you through to the uh, hotel, and uh, the gentle and calming voice of uh, the hotel manager on the other end picks up the phone and says, uh, Yes, may I help you? Good morning. I'd like to speak to uh, Mr. Richard Courtney, please, if you'd be so kind. Of course. One moment, sir. You get placed on a very brief hold, and all of a sudden, a very alarming noise comes thundering into your ears, Richard. comes again. Sir? Uh, yes, There's a call for you at the desk. Oh, oh okay. Um, uh, give me one moment. Of course. And uh, Richard will prepare himself and uh, go down to the desk and take the call. You see the stick and receiver there. They hand it to you. Oh, thank you. Um, mm. Yes, um, uh, uh, who's there? Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Courtney. This is Mr. Fraser here uh, from Lazy Elizabeth Fitzroy's residence. Ah, Mr. Fraser. Yes. How, how are you? I'm um, very well, uh, sir. Uh, and yourself? I'm I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. Um, uh, how how can I help you? Uh, well, I'm just telephoning to uh, determine if you're uh, ready to uh, leave for the for our journey today to uh, to Maplebrook. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yes, I, I'm, I'm sure it'll be, uh, be, be, be great. Do you have a ticket arranged for, for the tra- train yourself, sir, or uh, would you like me to arrange that? Oh, if it's no bother, it would be uh, most helpful if you could. No, sir, no bother at all. Of course, of course. Uh, we are planning to take the eleven thirty to Oxford, sir. The eleven thirty. Yes, yes. Okay. So, what uh, shall we meet you in the station at say? Uh, 11, 11 o'clock? How does that sound, sir? Um, yes. Or 11.15, would that uh, would that suit? No, no, 11 o'clock will be fine. 11 o'clock it is, then. Uh, I'll check which platform uh, it's to be leaving from, and uh, I'll meet you there. I, I, I'm I looking forward to it. Very good, sir. I shall speak to you later. So, Richard, you place the receiver back down and hand the candlestick phone back to the gentleman here at reception. He gives you a nod and there's a very subtle glance over your current appearance and he says uh, should I have uh, breakfast sent up to you sir yes a spot of breakfast would be uh, would be lovely thank you wonderful wonderful right away um, you head back up to your room Richard and uh, you're walking down through the halls there um, it's at this point I would like Simon to give me a luck roll. 51 under 59. You've managed to secure a room relatively close to the professor's over a growing concern over his health, given the fact that someone at some point burgled his home and left a body there or killed someone there in some regard. It's very difficult to ascertain what happened. You're not necessarily a medical investigator. But out of growing concern... Uh, for his safety, you have taken up a, a spot nearby. And uh, 
there was a call for him. You could hear a call across the hall. Someone had had a phone call. It's what roused you a bit out of sleep. But when footsteps come back up the hallway, you can hear that someone's messing with the doorknob at the professor's room across the hall. I'll stick my head out. You see that it's it's the professor, it's Richard, still a bit um, out of sorts for the morning. He's uh, trying to get back into his room. Professor. Oh, uh, good morning. Good morning to you. What are you doing up so early, sir? I took a telephone call um, down in reception. Oh, okay. It was that, uh, do, do you remember him? That uh, that Mr. Fraser, um, uh, Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy's uh, uh, manservant, I believe. Oh, yes, I remember him. Yes, um, but he was just calling. Um, we're due to go to the um, the Earl of Northbrook's mansion. Um, sounds fantastic. Um, to uh, to explore, um, yes, whether we can find a key. Hmm. And Richard just sort of starts to float off, thinking about this thing again. Do you want me to escort you down to the station after what happened yesterday? Oh, if you could, that would, uh, yes, that'd be fantastic. I'd be most grateful. All right, give me ten minutes, sir. Uh, well, I'm I'm just about to have a spot of breakfast, and um, uh, we're due to meet at the station at uh, eleven o'clock. Fair enough, I'll be ready. Well, thank you very much. Um, would you like to uh, give, give me a quick knock, and um, then we can wander down to, uh, to reception? Of course, sir. Wonderful, thank you. Thank you, well, uh, Look forward to seeing you later, then. All right, Professor. See you in a bit. So as the two of you kind of go your separate ways momentarily to prepare for the day, we find in another section of London, we find Maggie waking up at her Aunt Eva's home. Maggie, there's a bit of rain today. So far, it's started pretty light, but... Um, you can tell, even not necessarily being a local, but you can tell it's bound to get a little bit worse before it gets better. I think I would go down stairs and possibly see what Aunt Edith is up to today. Okay. Yeah. Throw something on and pop downstairs. Um, there's a very strange smell coming from downstairs. It's a earthy, almost herbal smell. Ooh. I wonder what Aunt Edith's up to now. And Edith, uh, are you around? I'll kind of poke my head into some rooms. You poke your head in. It's actually, the the, the house here is relatively large, and so uh, you can tell that a couple of the rooms have been opened. You you can tell that there are also, just by the look of the, um, the front parlor area where people tend to, where servants tend to hang uh, coats and whatnot, there are several more coats than you'd recognized. Oh, huh quite early for Aunt Edith to be having visitors. That's strange. And my my mind, the smell and seeing that there's visitors immediately goes to that gentleman that was here before. Oh, uh, Lord, Lord Walters? Yes, Lord Walters. So you find your, your aunt in a rather strange situation. So you, you enter the... Um, the dining area that she keeps here. She has moved most of the um, more, should we say, um, proper and practical things towards the veranda. She, she likes the 
porch area here. She prefers to use it to look out onto Hyde Park. Yeah. There's quite a Parisian scene going on here. Okay. There are several people here uh, enjoying um, a bounty of fruits and other prepared foods. It seems that the staff is assisting her where she can. There are uh, two gentlemen and Mm -hmm. a few more ladies who are here. They are enjoying something out of a very strange device. Um, It's cylindrical. It sits near one of the ends of the table. Hmm. And off of this somewhat cylindrical device, there's a bunch of steam or maybe smoke. And then out of the sides of this cylindrical, almost a metallic device, there are several long tubes. And uh, as you enter, one of the ladies is standing up and she seems to be reading out loud from a book. From just your ear, it it sounds like French. She's reading maybe poetry. Okay. And she she stops and <laughs> coughs out this mouthful of smoke. <clears throat> Edith, your Aunt Edith sits up. Oh, uh, Maggie, wonderful. Uh, she kind of dusts herself off and stands up. And then when she makes her way towards you, um, you can tell that there's a bit of a wobble in her step. And she mm-hmm. kind of grabs onto a nearby chair and just kind of keeps going. She has a wide smile on her face. Yeah. Oh, and, and Edith, I hope I'm not interrupting anything. Oh, no, 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 no. We're having just a wonderful time. I, I had friends come up late last night from um, from Paris, and we just had to open the doors and let them right in. It was just so wonderful to see them again. Oh, quite. You've been up all night, Aunt Edith? Oh, all night. No, what, what, what time is it? She looks around for a moment. It's morning now. Oh, well... I suppose I'll sleep when I'm in the ground. She laughs. A couple of the other folks around her chuckle and whatnot. I do, do you do you want I'm some just... breakfast? We have some food here. Oh yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be great. Mm. Uh, might what I is... ask what is this that uh, strange thing on the table there? One of the uh, one of the men stands up and makes some sort of adjustment to it. He says, uh, "Oh, this is uh, all the rage in in Paris and the Bohemian districts now." They call it a hookah. Hmm, quite interesting. Mm-hmm. It's quite divine. You should try it. He oh. offers you a very long-stemmed, uh, what looks like a pipe, but there's a oh. there's a tube attached to it. You don't understand what's going on, really. Yeah. Oh. Um. Uh. Sure. How does one use this? Well, you see, one of the other women float around the table not literally float but she's you know just comes smooth as water around the table and she puts it in her mouth and she gives it a very short inhale almost as if she was smoking a cigarette and she blows the smoke out she says it's much classier than simple tobacco it does seem quite more refined yeah uh, i will try that yeah the experience is um well it's different. At first, the inhale is a lot sharper than you were expecting. I don't know that Maggie is a regular smoker. Uh, it's very popular, obviously, in the 20s. But yeah. this is far different. The um, density of the smoke is much thicker. The smell, though, is far sweeter oh. than some of the tobacco cigarettes that you're used to. And the air around here is filled with this very sweet smelling smoke. 
<clears throat> Whoa, well, that is quite different from what I'm uh, used to back home. Indeed, indeed. And soon we think this will be just all the rage in New York. So you're going to see the new trend begin here. Oh, well, I do like to uh, set the trend. Indeed. Well, I I thought we could maybe go out today um, and eat it, but the weather outside is uh, quite dreadful. So possibly maybe I could spend time with you and your friends. I'd be happy to get to know them. You're welcome to spend a little time here. I was um, just saying that it would be uh, fun to talk about what you were planning next. Yeah, uh, quite. That was, you know, my thought exactly since I'll be leaving soon. Um, it would be nice if we could spend a, a little more time together. Of course. Of course. It might be a good idea if you are... I mean, the, the adventure sounds grand. I'm, I'm so happy for you. While my friends here have spent some time in Paris, have put any thought into finding out more about the places that you'll be going to? Have you done any, you know, have you looked in any journals or any travel papers maybe? Yes, I have looked um, into it a bit. And in fact, um, I think we're setting off for uh, Constantinople first on Wednesday morning. Mm, You see the lady that's next to you with the long stemmed pipe. She said, it's a wonderful city. I've been before. Is there anything you would recommend there? Well, keep a close eye on your Pierce, my dear. Oh, oh, uh, yes, of course. Well, you have to understand the... The war, it changed many things there. There, Just because the Great War was called to an end and all the players suddenly, she claps her hands, went home, the divisions that still lay in that country and nearby Greece are still very strong. Yes, of course. We're also going to... I know Paris is on our list of places to go to as well, and Edith, that's where you are from? Yes, yes, uh... I spent many years there. Of course, I've had the chance to travel to all sorts of places. Venice, even Milan. I hope you go there. What route are you taking? Do you know? You know, I, I'm i not in, entirely sure. Um, Mr. F- Fraser, that is uh, Lady Elizabeth's personal assistant, is actually handling all the travel plans. It's quite nice to have uh, good help to be able to do that for you. Oh, wonderful, dear. It's nothing like having good help. She kind of clasps her hands together and sets the pipe reed down. And she looks at Edith and says, oh, My dear, I must just use one of your uh, chairs here. It's been such a long night. And she kind of casually just turns and takes a wine glass off the table and gets out of one of these long loungers. And she seems to kind of just relax. <laughs> it's almost as if she eases into a nap in like a matter of maybe 10 seconds. Yeah. Edith turns to you. If they can stay awake, I'm sure they'll be very fun. They seem to sleep most mornings. I don't know why. (laughs) That is quite strange. Mm. Possibly from keeping long nights. Well, one of them was uh, a player at the Moulin Rouge. Oh. So they speak speak the language of the evening, that's for sure. Oh, and Edith. (laughs) I will miss you quite a bit when I leave on this journey. Well, it's uh, fairly clear that uh, I will have a little entertainment while you're gone. Oh, yes. Um, Will they be staying around for a while? Uh, Just a few days, I believe. Uh, Oh, okay. But probably 
they'll probably still be here knowing them. Yes, well, I'm um, just quite pleased to see you uh, socializing. Mm. Well, why don't we we sit and have a have a bite to eat? Of course, of course. Gee. I'd quite like to try that hookah again. <laughs> You're welcome to there. My friends are very sharing. <laughs> so, uh, how did you find the new camera? Did you enjoy it? Oh, uh, yes. I've been uh, practicing with it a little bit. Um, it, uh, I'll, I'll definitely have to keep working at it. Um, but I think it'll. I think I'll be able to get some great pictures on our travels. Hmm, wonderful. I hope to see many places through the camera. Oh, of, of course. I'll, of course I'll be sending you pictures and some of my writings. Mm, good, good, good. Now, uh, make sure that uh, you've, you've gotten yourself some proper stationery. I can't speak to the paper in some of these places. Oh, yeah, yes, of course, of course. I will have to go out and do that before we leave then. She collects some of the um, food off of some of these uh, trays that have been made available by the staff here and kind of puts together another plate. You've never seen your aunt eat like this. She's um, almost voracious. <laughs> you two are beginning to get a little hungry. Mm-hmm. But that's probably just because it's the morning. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, must have a large breakfast to start the day. Mm, yes, just like back in the States. And I imagine Maggie finding like a like a larger chair to sit in, like cross-legged in the chair very casually, um, just kind of relaxing with everyone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's probably midway or so through your meal with your aunt that you realize that her friends have kind of all collectively found places mm -hmm. to relax, and they've all passed out. Oh, oh. Hmm. Like, just kind of casually taken their own naps. Um, it doesn't seem to bother your aunt at all. Uh, she continues right on with the meal and right on with conversation. Um, so... When do you think you'll be back? Um, well, I'm, I'm not uh, sure. We have quite a few places to go, so it, I imagine it could be weeks. She kind of reaches over and takes her hand, and she says, I, I want you to be careful, all right? Promise me you'll be careful. Of, of course. I, but we're traveling with some very uh, strapping gentlemen, and I, I think that um, I will take good care of them. Mm, she taps your hand twice. <laughs> You'd better. You know that they won't take care of themselves. Exactly. Can't tell you the number of times I had to look after your father. <laughs> well, uh, I don't doubt that as well. My Myself as well, especially after Mother passed. Yes. You can see her kind of look out over into Hyde Park, and she would have loved to see London and, and Hyde Park. Yes, I'm sure she would have. Now... Since it's raining, let me make a suggestion to you. Yes. There is a new exhibit, my understanding is, at the British Museum. One you might not have seen yet. In case you also decide to do a little bit more looking into uh, um, your travels, the, there's the library there as well. And although it's raining, luckily it's not an open roof library. <laughs> yes, that would be quite unfortunate. Uh, yeah, uh, that... That sounds like a, a great idea. I did want to see a couple more sites, so it'd be nice to travel back to the museum and, and see this uh, exhibit that you speak of. Mm, yes, and that's why she raises her hand, almost as if she's in a class and you see the member of staff come out. I shall need a good strong coffee before we go. I'm going with you. She 
taps on the table. I figured we could spend the day just romping around London together. That would be fun. That sounds fantastic. You couldn't have said something that would have made me happier, Andy. (laughs) Wonderful. Then we'll get right to it. All right. So we'll turn the camera then to um, back to uh, the professor and uh, Simon, who've now prepared themselves, who've now eaten and are uh, probably meeting up to decide what's next. I knock on his door. Uh, Hello? You ready, Professor? Uh, Yes, two seconds. Uh, Let me just just close my case. All right, sir. Shall we head off then? Yes, are you you, you all packed as well? You ready to go? I wasn't aware I was going on the trip with you, sir. I thought I was just walking you down to the station. Yes, no, indeed. Um, I I was under the impression you... uh... Yes, never mind. Give me a few minutes, sir. I duck back in the room, um, and I strap myself. That's all I need, really. I figure I can always, you know, I'm used to just getting by with one change of clothes, what I'm wearing. Yeah. All right. I I step back in the hallway. All set, sir. Do you think we should take a cab or walk? I'm I'm not quite sure what the safest thing would, would be. Probably a cab, sir. Right, okay. Um, so I'll, I'll ask at reception. Um, so Richard heads down to reception. Would it be possible to call me a cab, please? Um, myself and this gentleman here are going to Paddington Station. Of course, sir. Right away. Thank you. Thank you. It isn't probably more than a few minutes before the cab arrives. Um, so we head outside. Man, Richard's going to look around and make sure Simon's uh, with him and... Uh, uh, following him along. I'm going to look for any suspicious figures around outside. Well, it is London in the 20s, so that's suspicious as relative. I guess what I will say is if you'd like to go ahead and make a spot hidden roll, you, you're more than welcome to. Absolutely. And I will fail that 44 over 40. Well, there's quite a few people out here that you mark as suspicious probably at first glance, but it's fairly clear that they're just Londoners getting about their day. So while you might think that initially that they look suspicious, after a few seconds you realize that they're just moving about their own day and they're seeing to their own affairs. Looks clear, Professor. Right, okay. Um, uh, And is anyone waiting to open the door for the cab or is it just a a cab that's pulled up waiting? It's just a a cab that's pulled up waiting. Um, I open the door for the Professor. (laughs) It's like, you're not that fancy yet. No. (laughs) So Richard will probably go for the door handle at the same time as Simon and then realise that, uh, that he's, he's getting the door for him. Richard's not used to this sort of treatment. Oh, thank thank you very much. You're welcome. And uh, Richard will, will clamber in, making somewhat of a meal of getting his case in the in the cab, not because he's, uh, you know, trying to, uh, trying to make a point, but just because he's, you know, not particularly strong and uh, he's having a problem getting it over the, the lip of the door. Simon, while you're uh, assisting him in opening the door and getting stuff ready, somebody bumps into you just momentarily on the street. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, sir. I scope him out. I want to see if did I just get had my pocket picked or anything like that. You're not really sure. Uh, you you're gonna go check for your wallet specifically? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it seems like it's there. Uh, anything else? Are you checking all your pockets in front of him? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I mean, papers in 
in one pocket seem in order. You can feel them. And then, uh, you know, the rest of your pockets seem as they were before. He excuses himself. You, you oh. know, he's again, and so I'm really sorry. I just didn't see you open the door there. No, no harm done. It's quite all right. You see that um, when you turn to him to check a few things over and he's apologizing. Uh, where do you where do you keep the, the pistol? In the right hand pocket of my uh, jacket. OK, fair enough. Um, so yeah, he just um, excuses himself and continues walking down the street. And that's still there? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Interesting. I, I, I'm trying to mentally register him in my head. Caucasian-ish color, so uh, he looks like he fits into the London street crowd here. Not especially well-dressed or underdressed. He actually kind of reminds you of what Richard wears. Not nearly as well-fitting. Probably some sort of uh, an accountant or a, a business owner of some sort. Okay. Do I think I will be able to recognize him again is what my key question is. I think it's likely that having looked at him while you were going through your pockets, you probably got a pretty good read on what he looks like. So if he pops up again, you're likely to know. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. That's all right. I will climb into the cab with uh, Richard. Okay. He's still got his case and everything, correct? He seems to. Yeah. All right. And we close the door. Richard, check your pockets. Um, yes. Um, what, what did that fellow want? I'm not sure. I'm, and I go through all my pockets to see if there's anything in them. If anything's been put in them, I take out my pistol in front of Richard in the cab. and That's not disconcerting at all. <laughs> pop it open, spin the... Uh, spin the. Um, it, did we clarify, is this a revolver or an automatic? Um, that's an automatic. All right, pop the clip and make sure that it's all good. You hear the driver say, Oh, sorry, excuse me. Is everything all right? Oh, uh, yes, everything's fine, sir. Uh, is this an open cab? <laughs> it's just a it's just a London black cab. Um, so Richard will go through his pockets and see if he can uh, see anything missing. Uh, there does not appear to be anything missing, no. No, everything seems to be uh, all present and correct. All right, Richard, I'm just trying to keep on our toes. I, I must say, it's um, terribly disconcerting. I mean, there's been a lot of comings and goings and strange people and... I have to admit, even um, a gentleman knocking into you in the street is um, somewhat off-putting at the minute. Oh, I'll be glad to, uh, yes, glad to get on the train, I think. It would be good. You know where we're going, of course, correct? Uh, yes. Um, driver, um, could you take us to Paddington Station, please? Right away. Um, did you manage to find any more about those um, those Turkish people? Not yet. I can ask around, see if any of my friends know anything. Yes, it's um, rather strange. I've, I, I wouldn't mind checking in with uh, with Professor Smith again at some point, but um, I fear I won't be able to do that. Um, well, at least today. I, I think today you need to focus on the, the train trip and uh, Lady Elizabeth. Yes, yes. Now we've um, we've got quite a bit of exploring to do. Um, I'm really hoping we'll. Uh, We'll find the thing that she's looking for. And your own safety. I, well, I'm, so hope, hopefully out of London, everything will be fine. I mean, I'm, nobody would know me anywhere else. Professor, all these things that have been happening, been happening ever since Smith 
and then you have gotten this item that you are carrying. Well, that is true. So it stands to reason, since you are still carrying this item, that you are the focal point of someone's interest. Oh, I never considered that you, th- you think someone's after the device. It would seem so. Perfectly logical when you think about it. I don't know why that never occurred to me. I don't know why either. So we'll pop over to Kensington. Uh, And so with your um, breakfast sorted and the morning prepared, Miss Fraser, you are um, making the final preparations with Armstrong, yes? Yes, that's right. Uh, What I'm planning to do is... uh, leave ahead of uh, ahead of Armstrong and Lady Elizabeth uh, head over to by cab to the station um, purchase the tickets for us uh, and then um, when Armstrong arrives uh, at Paddington I'll be there to um, pick Lady Elizabeth up and escort her into the station and onto the train okay fair enough uh, you arrive at the station getting the tickets is not a problem and then back at Kensington Armstrong gets you prepared to leave in the auto, Lady Elizabeth. Thank you, Armstrong. How are you this morning? Good, good. Thank you for asking. Um, There's a bit of a chill there with the rain. Yes, not quite the best of days, is it? Is your family all right, Armstrong? You were gone the other day. Indeed. um, Yes, indeed. They They are well. I'm glad to hear it. He bundles you up into the car, essentially, and uh, makes sure that you are properly prepared, and then takes off. I spend the drive just sort of sketching things out, like some ideas or some thoughts of where I could look at the house once once we get there. Uh, just lost in my own thoughts. Sure. Yeah, it's been a little bit since you've been there. Yes. I've written out some strategies for dealing with Margaret, in case I run into her. Hmm. Ah, yes. Arrival at the station goes like clockwork. Armstrong gets out, makes sure that the area is... He seems to fuss a bit about the area that you'll have to step onto, uh, and then he opens the door for you. Uh, Miss Fraser, you see Lady Elizabeth and uh, uh, the, 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 the automobile arrive, and you see Armstrong get out of it. Yeah, so I'll step down uh, onto, the, uh, onto the pavement to take Lady Elizabeth's arm if if that's required just uh, standing at a respectable distance and um, make sure she's okay as she's leaving the the car see if I think that uh, she's going to require the the wheelchair which uh, um, will be kept in the car and in the uh, in the boot of the car just the walking stick today Fraser thank you at least for the moment very good your ladyship I have arranged with uh, Mr. Courtney to meet him on the platform at 11 o'clock oh excellent Platform four, I believe, Philip. I do hope he's on time. Yes, as do I. <laughs> it does seem, as the um, as you approach platform four, that uh, the professor is on time. Um, so the cab for Richard and uh, Simon pull up outside uh, the station, and uh, you can see Richard that just by the clock, it's getting pretty close for you to be getting out of the platform. So Richard will take a look and see if he can see uh, Mr. Fraser. Yeah, I suppose. I don't suppose uh, Mr. Fraser is trying to hide himself, but... Uh... No, no. I'll, uh, if, I, if I spot Mr. Courtney, I'll make myself known to him. 
Uh, and then I guess my question is, is for Simon, are you walking uh, the professor all the way to the platform or are you hanging back afterwards? Oh, I'm going to be walking him all the way to the platform. Since he's carrying the case, there's, I'm thinking there could even be a snatch and grab or something like that. Then, uh, Mr. Frazier, you would also notice that um, Simon is along with him. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wait for them to come to us because uh, I'm going to be attending to her ladyship. So uh, do we see them as they get out of the, uh, out of the, the cab or is, is this further into the actual station proper that we see them? You would notice them probably before they make the station itself. I'll give them a little wave and I'll say, oh, Lady, Lady Elizabeth, uh, I see Mr. Courtney has arrived and uh, I believe, is that not Mr. Was it Griffith? Was that the name of the gentleman? Ah, uh, yes. I imagine he's looking after the professor. Uh, you don't see the American anywhere, do you, Fraser? Uh, Miss Bellinger, no. Uh, no, I, I, I don't see her, no. I don't believe she's, uh, she's coming with us anyway, is she? Oh, thank God. <laughs> right. She has a, a very exuberant nature, does she not? Yes, I, I believe that's quite typical for her species. Ah, yes, yes, our, our, uh, our cousins from across the pond, indeed. Uh, I, I wonder if this uh, Mr. Griffith is coming, or is he just escorting our professorial friend to the station? I don't know, your ladyship. I, I mean, I don't have a ticket for him, but uh, uh -huh. I suppose uh, if, if uh, you don't have any objection and he wants to come, I'm... Yes, I, I suppose so. Don't want to be rude, although I'm not quite sure how comfortable he'll feel, considering how uncomfortable he was the other night. But uh... <laughs> indeed, indeed, your ladyship, indeed. <laughs> well, perhaps he's just seeing Mister Courtney off anyway. And the uh, four of you come together of a sort. Good morning. Good morning, Professor uh, Mister Griffith. Morning, Lady Elizabeth. Mister Griffith, uh, Mister Courtney. Are we all set then? Well, uh, I have the tickets. Uh. Marvelous. Is it your intent to come along, Mr. Griffith? I'm afraid we don't have a ticket for you. It entirely depends upon Mr. Courtney here. I believe the professor is an object of interest at this time. Um, perhaps it might be uh, advisable to discuss this in a more discreet location uh, rather than on, uh, on the pavement. Understood. I haven't given much thought to it, but yes, I mean, if you if you think that's best, then yes. Yes, I'd feel safer if you came with us. Well, um, in that case, uh, I'll go and see about a ticket for you, uh, Mr. Griffith. Thank you very much, Mr. Fraser. Sorry, I don't seem to have given that much thought at all. It's all, all unfolding rather quickly for me. Um, yes. Don't worry, we keep Fraser around to do the thinking. Yes. Very kind of you, your ladyship. Well, I'll go to the ticket office and I'll make uh, the arrangements. And uh, uh, shall I meet you on platform uh, platform four we're on? Very well, Fraser. Thank you. Very well, your ladyship. Uh, will you be uh, all right with the company of these two gentlemen? Or would you uh, prefer to uh, wait for me to come back? I'll be fine, thank you. I'll meet you at the platform. So I'll just make my way uh, across to the ticket office and uh, I'll wait in the queue and... Uh, buy another ticket for Oxford for Mr. Griffith. You benefit from a very small queue and are able to retrieve a ticket pretty quickly. The station today is uh, pretty busy. The people here obviously range in uh, class from uh, those who 
uh, can barely afford a ticket likely and those who could buy many tickets there's a pretty wide swath of humanity in front of you and I'm sure that each one of you would react to that a little differently Uh, so I suppose bear that in mind as the train arrives just a few minutes later so I will, I will, of course, have purchased uh, first-class tickets um, for uh, Lady Elizabeth and and myself, as I'll be accompanying her. Um, and I would imagine that it would be most practical and suitable to also buy first-class tickets for Mr. Courtney and Mr. Griffith. It would be practical of you to do that, yes. Fraser is a most practical person. <laughs> the first-class service on the train is, uh, is excellent. I suppose your thoughts likely... Uh, Fraser would probably go to the the larger train journey that's coming. Um, you're uh, probably hopeful that there will be a, a just a little bit better of a class of service aboard the Orient Express. I would uh, I would expect so. Yes, absolutely. But the journey is uh, is one that begins with uh, just a bit of shuddering from from this train. You don't know why uh, it finally gets into gear of sorts and then moves along north. So, Maggie. Yep. (laughs) Your morning is unlike any that you've had before. Oh, cool. After just a bit more of whatever this hookah thing is, Mm -hmm. you and your Aunt Edith set off. She has consumed two or three different cups of this coffee that staff have made for her. And uh, it, it seems almost volcanic. She has such a wonderful reaction to it she seems to just buzz about the house as she's collecting her clothes and things to go out on on to london's many different sites she encourages you to have some as well she says that it's a real pick-me-up oh yeah of course it's really after that first cup that you see what she's talking about feel like you breathe better the the fog of london kind of purges itself from your nasal passages and your in your throat, something that's always bothered you, and uh, and there's such there's such a clarity to things. You and and you set off. The first place that she wants to go is the British Museum. She says that we we have to spend a little bit of time in there. There's some just wonderful pieces that they've brought back from Egypt recently. Oh, of of course. Uh, and so the two of you walk for the better part of a few hours through the British Museum. It isn't hard to get captivated and lost amongst the pieces here. Uh, you see beautiful busts of pharaohs and pottery and hieroglyphs and just things you'd never imagined in your wildest dreams that you'd see from the States. And then you see things from ancient Greece and uh, objects from even the far off East. Uh, and you marvel for a good hour or so. Um, and then she asks if you want to see the library. Because there is a library here at the museum as well. Yeah, I, I think that would be uh, quite smart. We can look up some information on these uh, places that are on my journey. Okay. The museum today isn't very busy. It's Perhaps it's the rain. Perhaps it's the the day, the time. But uh, the library itself is fairly thin with people. There's a few people here and there. Uh, There are, uh, of course, librarians who are stocking and restocking, but um, even they are no more than a handful. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen 
the library inside the British Museum, but it's a great circular library. And so uh, there's books from floor to ceiling. Some of them are behind, behind enclosed cases, so that way uh, they can't be touched. There's a lot of tables uh, after you gain your selections to to read them, and your Aunt Edith kind of just dives in. <laughs> but she pulls one of the uh, selections that she can get her fingers on towards you and says, look, this one here is about the history of Paris. Oh, well, that should come in handy. She cracks it open and kind of begin perusing it. Why don't you give me a spot hidden roll? Okay. Uh, 45 against 25. So it's a fail. Okay. The books, you're not too sure who the book's author is, but the what really draws your eyes to this book are all of the painstaking artistry that's been done inside the borders. So this is one of those books that has just really wonderful filigree work on the pages. You can tell that an artisan took time to craft pictures inside the book. That's very captivating. Well, this is quite a gorgeous book that you've found, Aunt Edith. There are tons of them around here. In my early days, just after arrival, I spent a couple of weeks just in and out of this place. The the museum is wonderful, but the the history that they've managed to save from the rest of the uh, cultures around the world is uh, unbelievable. Yes, would this be where you happen to meet Professor Smith? She uh, she puts her hand kind of to her lips. She says, "We have to we have to be very quiet." Oh yeah. They get very um, upset if you talk. But but mm-hmm. I, I met the professor in at a cafe, but not too far from here. Oh, that's right. We did end up coming back here once. And when we did, well, the professor was interested in a little bit more than book. Maggie yeah. tries to stifle her laughter. She chuckles. She <laughs> puts her whole hand over her mouth. I'm, I'm going to find the, the ladies' room if you'll just, uh, just don't go too far. Oh, yes, of course. She wanders off, like, uh, towards where the bathrooms are in and out of the, like, she's going to have to go to the uh, outer section. Uh, so you have a moment or two in the library. Yeah. I will probably uh, maybe f- flip through this book um, a little bit. Um, and I wanted to, I know you told me not to go very far. That's okay. You don't do what you're told. We know that. Mm-hmm. There are some uh, places that were more unfamiliar to me specifically um, like I would maybe want to see if there was any information I could get on Belgrade in particular. Mm, yeah, I'm, I guess a library use role is in order then. Mm, perfect. Thirty-six against fifty, so success. Okay. Yeah, they have um, a couple of tomes here or books here, series of them on some of uh, Belgrade's history and. Uh, you can see that a lot of it is, um, a lot of it pertains to Belgrade especially has been a location where a lot of wars have happened in and around. Um, so there's sieges that get laid to, to Belgrade in um, the mid-1700s. There's a treaty 
later between Austria and uh, Austria and the Ottoman Empire, uh, which returns Belgrade to the Ottoman Empire. So it seems like it's all Belgrade has been a city that has shifted back and forth between different controls uh, of different armies. Uh, you also see that there's a national museum there, um, and so you think that maybe if you get time, you'll have a chance to stop by the museum. I would almost count on it. <laughs> mm, yes. Make me one more spot hidden roll, if you would. Okay. Was a 78? You know, that hook, the, even the coffee has not helped quite Maggie focus. No, that's true. Um, I mean, you're welcome to, to push if you think that she's being perceptive or if you think that she's just focused in specifically on, on uh, learning more about these places. That's fine. Mm, sure, I'll push the roll. It's always gone well for me, so. Absolutely. 14. Excellent. It must be something in the coffee, maybe. Or maybe it was whatever was in that hookah. But you get the sense as the library has quieted from <laughs> from. <laughs> After Aunt Edith has left it, even her very presence is a bit alarming. <laughs> you get the sense that something's not right here. Hmm. Something's a bit off. And you're, it isn't something you see. It's actually something you fail to hear. And you think you should. Now, of the two or three people that are in the library, granted it's relatively large, there's a person there um, just beyond some of the other shelves that has been sitting in the same position for the entire time you've been here so far. So maybe 30 minutes or so. And what you haven't heard out of them is a single page turn, a cough, any movement in their chair. They're not making any noise. Well, first question is how large are these books that I have? They're probably encyclopedia size okay. in the sense where, you know, they're definitely a, a full sized book. They have hard covers, but they're not like a, wizard's tome from yeah you know, it's not like lady elizabeth's book which is much larger but perfectly good for bludgeoning someone if i have to if necessary yes mm, yes i honestly i kind of just want to stare this person down okay you stare for a period of time i want them to know that i know that they're here okay so the person's wearing uh it's definitely a, a male in the sense that it's it's wearing a suit and you can tell that it has a fedora hat on. It's hard to get their eyes because the rim of the fedora comes, the brim of the fedora comes just down far enough where this book is propped up, uh, where they're holding onto it. Does it seem like it's been a long enough time that Aunt Edith should have come back by now? I mean, your brain thinks that, right? She should be back any moment. Yeah. Um, she shouldn't be gone this long. Mm-mm. I may... Uh, try to uh, go if she was going to the restroom uh, I might try and just meet her halfway okay you head back out and you find the restroom she's coming out of it as you're getting closer to it oh is it, did, did you need to she kind of points back to the, the restroom oh um no Aunt Edith there was a uh, gentleman in the library. I found him quite unsettling and I became concerned, so I thought I'd come um, find you. She gives you a strange look. Well, that's just... I'm 
I'm just not going to stand for that. And she keeps walking back towards the library. <laughs> of course she is. <laughs> That's uh, quite not necessary, Aunt Edith. You know, with all the goings on uh, lately, maybe it's best if we just keep our distance. Hmm. Yeah, she's not listening to you. Mm, okay. Um, well, she continues forward and um, in, in, in the bull in a china shop fashion, mm-hmm. uh, stalks back into the library and then okay, well. stops like, you know, a bit a bit after probably 20 soda feet going in. She starts looking around. Well, wh- which one of them was it? She turns around to in just a regular vocalized voice. So like her, her voice echoes a bit in the library. And Maggie's once again, like clutching a book <laughs> just in case. Is he still here? Yeah, he's right over there. Oh, um, that uh, gentleman over in that direction. Mm-hmm. She turns heel and begins moving in a very direct fashion towards the man. Okay. I follow. You follow. She gets probably a good six to eight feet away from his table, and she kind of stops. She, she puts her hands, like, on her hips and very matter-of-factly says... I don't know who you are, sir, but you will not just simply stare at my niece this way. She kind of pulls you forward a little bit. I expect, no, I demand an apology immediately. I wait for my apology. (laughs) The man doesn't move. Oh, see, this is what I was talking about, Anita. Even closer now, you can see that his body is rigid. It hasn't moved at all. She steps a little bit closer. Sir, are you okay? Now you see here, sir. I will not have this. Apologize immediately. Sir, Aunt Aunt Edith, I think something uh, might be wrong, and I'll kind of, like, uh, reach out to touch his shoulder. You reach out to touch his shoulder, and when you touch his shoulder, his hat falls off. Mm Mm-hmm. And when his hat falls off, you can see that the... Flesh and skin has been removed from his head. Mm. And so he is down to the muscle and sinew. Mm-hmm. Even the eyes in his sockets have been fixed in such a fashion as to support them, but yet so that they don't fall out. You can see every single perfect tooth in his mouth as he stares dead-eyed at this book. And that is when Maggie will roll sanity. Yeah, and Maggie will probably scream and clutch Aunt Edith. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, ooh, 82. Mm, which that's is, a fail. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so let's see here. I just got to roll for Aunt Edith. Aunt Edith, Aunt Edith has rolled a six. Yeah, Aunt Edith is very steadfast. <laughs> She's a hardy woman. Okay, so Maggie's going to lose four sanity. Okay. And um, your aunt is... Uh, She's going to lose one. Mm-hmm. Um, she screams right along with you. And uh, she grabs you and kind of tries to pull you back a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh. Uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You hear her high, her voice get real high and shrill. Um, yeah. Help. Someone help. Someone help. You can see Maggie there at this, the blank space between this dead man's hands and the book where they're clasped together. There's a bit of the table there. That's would normally be dead space. It's open. Yeah. But there is a what looks like a piece of paper and something is written on it. Um, can I see what's written on it? Or you um, can. I mean, I kind of want to just snatch the paper. You, you can. You could do okay. both. Totally no, yeah, I would you. do both. Yeah. You find something written on it. Okay. 
it's really after you pick it up that you realize something just as the the bits of your fingertips touch it you realize it's not paper and Maggie's <laughs> and what gives it away truly is the small follicles of hair still mm-hmm. on the other side mm-hmm. and I'll get back to you in a minute okay great back on the train north it's clear that the rain has gotten a bit worse Our, uh, as the, the, the four of you are making your way to see Lady Elizabeth's family anyone doing anything specific on the train I am going to be examining the timetable for... I have, a, I have a book with me as well, which I'll read, but I'm also going to be examining the timetable for the uh, Orient Express mm-hmm. uh, just to see what the uh, the schedule is, um, what the what the different stations it stop, stops are at and what, what kind of order it stops at, just to get an idea and, and also compare it with my notes about um, uh, about the different pieces of this uh, simulacrum that, uh, that, that we... Uh, we're going to be looking for uh, try and work out uh, uh, an itinerary a kind of an, an order of play as it were yeah, it seems anyway that uh, the orient express leaves from victoria at about 2 30 or so and then there is a a trip to calais and then there is a ferry portion so uh, as a keen uh, personal assistant you would know that or at least it, you would bet on that the that ferry trip is not part of the Orient Express's journey. Mm -hmm. You know that you're going to have to secure tickets for the ferry. As separate to the Orient Express, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, okay, that's not a problem. No, um, you imagine it's probably reasonably enough to to call the ferry and let them, or even pick them up at at time. You wouldn't doubt that there's some sort of preferential treatment once you arrive for Orient Express passengers. That's not uncommon. Would it be possible for me to deal with all this through the traveler travel agent and have them arrange not only the tickets for the Orient Express but also for the ferry part of uh, and, and any other additional tickets that might be needed as part of the journey you can at the very least ask it, the only way that would would the only thing that would impede that would be if the ferry you're you're guessing that the ferry uh, is as a separate company from the the actual train service but if you have an agent go by both then it's, mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter. Well, that's what I'm thinking. If if uh, if I employ the services of an agent, then they can deal with any any connecting, any plus any other like connecting trains or or parts of the journey that uh, that might be necessary. And and it'll and for us, it'll be a kind of one ticket covers everything kind of deal. And uh, and as we get to each each stage of the journey, it'll have been taken care of ahead of time for us. It's definitely a good plan. So that's that's pretty much what I'll spend the journey doing then. Okay. Anybody else have anything specific they're spending their time doing north? Lady E would be t- talking to, to Richard, maybe sketching out some ideas of what kind of key or, or something they could be looking for, just so that they already have some ideas when they first start out, maximize their time. So I have a sketch here of, of the law. Uh, do you think, Professor, that we're looking for a regular key or... or do you think there's some other kind of, of device we could be looking for? What are your thoughts? Would it be possible to take another look at the book, Clee? Yes, of course. Slip it out of my bag, because of course I wasn't going to leave it at home. I seem to remember last time the locks were, um, you know, rather shallow. Um, I was pondering whether the key might be of a completely different form, so difficult to explain. But uh, r- rather than something on the end of a... Uh, you know, a, a long shaft, something that actually you would you would put in there and rotate directly with your hand. So 
um, almost like a key without the the shaft in the middle. Um, uh, you, you'd sort of turn the bit at the end directly, if that makes any sense. Um, it's difficult to articulate, um, but I'd be interested to look at the locks again just to see um, what the shape of that could be. And then, um, yes, maybe we could come up with an idea as to what form that might take. Yes. Hmm. I don't really have that much experience in these things, uh, but could be some kind of codex or something. Yes, I was, um, yeah, diff- difficult to explain. Um, and Richard will reach into his pocket and pull out a, a six-sided dice and say, if you, you take a look at this, it, it could be something like that. This is a, a, a simple um, die, but um, if, if you imagine a lock which was sort of square-shaped, you could pop that in there and rotate it. Um, right. So we might be looking for something of a... A similar sort of size and shape, um, maybe a bit more complicated than this uh, um, this die here, but uh, I don't know. Um, yes, let's let's have a look at the locks on the book again and see if we can work out what it what it might be. I love how Richard just has dice with him. Like, does he play Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> <laughs> Richard always has a pair of dice with him. Uh, all right. Well, uh, here I'm going to pull the book uh, all the way out of my bag because I assume that. Uh, it's not like we're going to draw that much attention. Uh, and I'll gingerly hand it over to him. I've, I've made some sketches, but perhaps you could uh, get a better look at the mechanisms or, or something. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, and Richard will, will take a look at the locks and see if he can uh, notice anything. Richard's used to playing with locks a little bit from his, his childhood. Um, so he's going to see if he can work out how this mechanism works, whether there's a a pokey up bit in the middle that you'd slot um, you know, the end of a key onto or whether it looks like there might be something that you'd push in there and rotate manually directly. Sure. That sounds a whole lot like a mechanical roll from you. Well, you could give one a go. <laughs> that is 84, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, you give it a good probably five or so minutes worth inspection, uh, consideration, and whatever it is about the locks, the, the whatever is behind the plates that protect the actual mechanical portions, it has to be just something of a wonder um, because it doesn't really conform to anything that makes mechanical sense. You really need to see what the insides look like to be able to determine where the pins would go, you figure? Mm-hmm. That's a bit peculiar, this thing. I, um... I can't say I'm familiar with how this would work. I think it does underline the fact that we're not looking for a normal key, or at least I think we're not, but um, something something that would fit in there. Um, do they both look roughly the same, even if Richard doesn't understand what they're, you know, they're made of? I'm assuming there's two. Is there sort of a single lock or two or three of there's, them? There's actually three of them that line the side of the, the open face of the book. Mm-hmm. So as you look at the, the book... From the, the paper side rather than the spine side, there are three of them, and they're also there's also a clasp down at the bottom at the top. These don't appear to have locks in; they just kind of hold the book shut. Hmm. Um, and do they all look the same? Like it would probably be the same key if it was, or the same style of key if it was uh, if it was anything. All but the center one. The center one looks different. So your idea that it might be like a multi key um, or some sort of long bar, maybe that would have to be inserted at the same time to all three locks and then unlocked. Hmm. 
Yes, I think we might be looking for three things, three keys. Hopefully that'll help us find something. So um, two of them might be similar, one of them might be different, but it looks like we're looking for um, a set of three keys, I think. Well, Father's study might have something, or the library. Uh, prepare yourself, Professor. It's quite an extensive collection. Ooh, um, what may I ask is, um, d- 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 does he collect? Uh, well, he did collect books on, on the only occult, actually. He was very interested in such things. And then you have your normal history and military and conquests and all that sort of nonsense. Uh, but she had a fairly extensive occult collection. I know Raymond donated some of them uh, to to the library, but uh, from what I remember from my last visit home, there was still quite an extensive collection. So Ooh, who knows what we'll find in there. But uh, I, I don't imagine Raymond has gone through Father's desk all that much. Uh, Raymond's not the sort to sit behind a desk and do papers or anything, so... Uh, it it may be there. We have several different places we can. Sounds fascinating. I I hate to impose upon you, but um, would you mind if I took a look through the uh, the, the books? I um, it's not a professional interest, you understand, but uh, I have a little interest in in the occult. I've uh, I've read various things in the past. Oh, I would be delighted, and oh, uh, I I think we wouldn't need to worry about Raymond minding either. He's always happy for me to disappear into the library, so I'm sure he wouldn't mind you taking a look. Oh, thank you very much. It does, he does sound uh, like a sort of chap, maybe, that uh, doesn't uh, doesn't appreciate sitting down and, uh, and reading. More, more of an active chap, maybe. The only time he sits down is when he's on a horse. Ah, I see. Richard's a bit nervous about meeting a stranger who sounds quite, uh, quite sort of forthright, I think. Quite quite active and, uh, yeah, not, not, not Richard's type at all. You can see it already in your vision, Richard. You can see someone who's very, very good at polo. Someone who is quite good at many physical sports. He was a, he was a, he's probably a fan of sport in general. And, um, and that does concern you, yes. <laughs> Richard, Richard knows these types. <laughs> yes, you've met them before, yes. Um, probably been on the uh, other end of uh, of things, so to speak, from them. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's say the reason he graduated isn't because of his brains. <laughs> well, of course not. He's a very important person. That's why he graduated. They have to. <laughs> so they can continue to be important. So uh, let's d- dip back really quick to the, the, uh, British, the library at the British Museum. Um, your Maggie, your Aunt Edith is pawing at the at your shoulder and, and mm-hmm. back. She's kind of trying to coax you away. You don't, 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 don't touch that thing. I, oh, hideous. Let's go and get someone. Uh, yes, I, I do think that's a, would be a good idea. Um, before she like pulls me away, can I see what the book is or what the book's about? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's actually a title that you've probably read. Oh, okay. It's Arabian Nights. Oh, so I will uh, make mental note of that, and then I will go with Aunt Edith to, to find help. Though I would think someone would hopefully be on the way if there's two young ladies screaming for help in the middle of the library. As you guys make your way back towards the library's uh, entrance, you do see a, uh, a gentleman kind of 
makes his way hurriedly into the uh, into the area. He's well dressed, and uh, he stops your Aunt Edith. What, uh, my dear, what's the matter? And she, kind of in a hurried series of breaths, just says, "The, the, the man over there. There, there's." She points into the back to the corner. There's something terrible has happened to him. Oh, uh, it's just it's horrible. He's lost all of his skin. And um, this man looks, of course, shocked. Uh, and he kind of steps back. All right, would the two of you just uh, head on out? I'll, I'll, I'll see to it. Of course, yes. And Edith, I, I think it would be a, in our best interest if if possibly we went back to the uh, house and, and and settled down for a bit. Mm, yes, I I think all of the... Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> she shivers a little bit. I, uh, oh, I can't imagine... What would have done that? No, me neither. Uh, dreadful. You can rush out of the uh, the library area, and then it's not too for too far uh, to that to the the main set of doors and where the steps are to to head out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's inexplicable, though, what you've seen. Yeah, uh, you can still see the muscular lines around the cheekbones, uh, and back and the side of his head after that fedora fell off. Um, the little piece of, um, we'll say, stationery that you've left with <laughs> is yeah. uh, is quite something. You can still remember the, the tactile feeling of the hairs creeping along the, the underside of your palm and finger. Yeah. And so I think that is a wonderful place to call this evening session. It seems that we have one set of investigators on a trip and Maggie went and got a collectible from the British Museum she didn't think she would find. So it's important to take souvenirs with you when you go on a trip. I tend to agree. So <laughs> also important to split the party. Hmm. Undoubtedly. So we thank you all for joining us for this episode of uh, Horror on the Orient Express and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.